When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No! Shut the F up! No! No! Hey everyone and welcome to this breakdown video. What an insane episode. Now over 4,100 of you joined me and the community for a live watch party and reaction, which I'm going to be doing next week for episode 10. I had an absolute blast and it was amazing. So let's get right to it. Chapter 9, The Marshal. There were tons of Easter eggs and things that we missed in this one, and I can't wait to explain it to the best of my abilities. So, we start off with the Mando on a planet. Now, this could be Navarro 7, it could be something else, I'm not quite sure, so I don't want to say what planet it is until I'm absolutely certain. Now, as he walks through a grungy-looking, spray-painted place, on the walls, there's a lot of really interesting stuff. Now, I could make a video all about the spray paints and the images on these walls, but there's some that really caught my eye, so let's just go over those. We see something that looks like a BX battle droid, or it could even be the Wills, which we saw in the Clone Wars. Now, these characters, if it is these guys, were the ones who taught Qui-Gon how to transcend into the Force after death who in turn taught Yoda, who taught Obi-Wan, who taught Luke, and so on and so forth. Then we see what looks like Vader, we see Grievous, we see some snow troopers, what looks like it could be C-3PO, or even a CZ-3 droid, but even that I don't think is right. Right here we see Chewie and then the giant space worm from the OT. Here we see what looks like Vader, and honestly I could keep going on, so we're just gonna move on from here. Watto, maybe. Mando has a run-in with a guy named Gore Koresh, played by John Luguiziamo. I'm probably butchering that, but he played in movies such as Spawn and The Pest, for those of you 90s kids out there. Now this place is a gladiator-style event where Gamorreans fight each other, and they're actually slaves with owners. Gore Koresh plays it like he'll tell Mando where to find more Mandalorians so that baby Yoda can be reunited with its kind, as Mando tells him, until he turns on him for his Beskar armor, and a brawl breaks out. Mando does his thing, Zabrax fight Mando, who were the species that Darth Maul was, which is a cool callback or a little bit of an easter egg there, until Mando pulls out his vibroblade and really kills them all easily. Now on the vibroblade, I've done a video on that so you guys can check it out if you want, I will link it below in the description as well. Or you can see it in the sidebar, it's probably in the recommended. Mando takes them down and leaves Gore Koresh to be eaten by some hounds. Now these could be calf hounds, but those those are native to Dantooine, so unless they're also on this planet and still alive, they could just be hounds of some kind. Gore Koresh tells Mando that he can find a Mandalorian on Tatooine, in the city of Mos Pelgo. So Mando and baby Yoda the child head to Tatooine in his Razor Crest, passing over a Tusken Raider on a Bantha where he meets up with Peli Motto. This is the same mechanic from the last season's episode 5 who took care of the child while he was out hunting for Fennec Shand. She gets the pit droids from Phantom Menace to work on his ship, as we see R5 from A New Hope. And we know it's the same one because of this angle here, where we see the combustion burns of the bad motivator. Pelimato tells Mando that Mos Pelgo is an old abandoned mining town. He gets on the old speeder and heads over there, sharing a meal with the sand people along the way. 
Here are the bones of a banta. Just thought I'd throw that in there. He enters the town, we see many faces, and at 1307 exactly, we actually see a cameo of Sam Witwer himself. This is the encyclopedia of a human who played Starkiller, Galen Merrick, and of course the voice of Darth Maul in the Clone Wars, Rebels, and Solo. Mando enters a cantina, he speaks to a weak way behind the bar. Now this is the same species as Hondo Onaka. Asking for the Mandalorian of the town, he turns to see Cobb Vanth dressed in Boba Fett's armor. How can this be? Boba Fett is dead. Vanth orders a couple snorts of Spotchka, which is a drink made from krill, who were native to Kamino. And the first time we saw this in the Mando was with Cara Dune in episode 4 of season 1. As Cobb Vanth sits to offer Mando a drink, Mando realizes that he's a fake as he takes his helmet off. Now no true Mandalorian would do such a thing in public. Cobb tells him that he's never met a real Mando, and he reveals the armor isn't officially his. Now, Cobb tells him that he's the marshal of this town, and that he got the armor off of some Jawas. Of course, Din Djarin has a major problem with this, as it's very disrespectful for someone who's not a Mandalorian to wear Mandalorian armor. So, they have a standoff, something's about to go down until the town shakes, and we see a massive crate dragon emerge from the sand. Now, crate dragon was first seen in A New Hope, well, I mean, the skeleton was, and it was also mentioned in Heir to the Jedi. Here's the quote from Nakiri Kellen, who was one of Luke's potential sort of romantic interests. Of course, I've been to Tatooine, actually, and bagged a crate dragon there. Its pearls paid for the upgrades on Jewel. Now, crate dragon pearls were considered to be the most rare thing on Tatooine, and you really couldn't get them because crate dragons were the apex predator. The pearls came from rocks, ingested by the dragons for digestion. It was very rare to find a pearl inside of a crate dragon, and the way it happened was when the rocks were ingested, some of them actually randomly contained kyber crystals within the rocks themselves, just geologically formed. Now over time, the acid would wear away at the kyber crystal, it would refine it into a ball, into a pearl, and this pearl from the kyber could actually be used in a lightsaber. Mando and Cobb agree to kill the crate in exchange for Boba's armor. Now I freaked out when I saw this part as Mando is on his speeder and this was probably one of my favorite parts of the whole episode just because it was just such a cool callback and something I never thought I'd see again. Cobb is actually on Anakin's pod racer. It's modified into a speeder at this point. This by far was my favorite easter egg. That and the one at the very end, you know what I'm talking about. Now Cobb recalls the end of the Empire, as the town was celebrating the end of the Death Star and the Empire's occupation over the galaxy. This is when the Mining Collective immediately moved in and took the town for themselves. Cobb got away by the skin of his teeth, taking a Camtono of Silicax crystals. Now this Camtono is the ice cream machine from Empire Strikes Back that we see Will Rowe Hood running with randomly. Cobb ended up being found by Jawas and gave them the crystal for Boba's armor that they had. In the book Aftermath, Boba's armor was actually completely acid ridden and gnarled up. Acid could be from the Sarlacc's digestion, but now I'm thinking it's from a crate dragon and this is how Boba got out. The crate dragon actually ate the Sarlacc, which also ate Boba, who was in the Sarlacc, and then he somehow escaped, you know, barely. Anyways, Cobb wears the armor and uses the blaster and rocket to rid the town of the miners, taking it back for the people and being granted the title of Marshal of the town. This was really cool, even though I know it wasn't Boba, just to see his armor being used and, you know, the rocket being fired from his jetpack really brought back some Return of the Jedi vibes. They are eventually stopped by Massifs. Now, these were hounds belonging to Tuscans that we saw Anakin kill in Attack of the Clones. They almost get eaten when the Mando makes 
a call in Tuscan. Mando, Cobb, and the Tuscans join forces to rid the evil that is the Crate Dragon. Figuring out that they have to keep the Crate Dragon asleep in order to set up the bombs to kill it, they feed it to make it sleep longer, then get to work with the Tuscans, Mando, Cobb, and the villagers who are eventually convinced to go into the war. They lay the charges and bombs under the sand, eventually luring the beast out, hopefully to destroy its belly, which is its only weakness. Now seeing Mando and Boba's armor, even though I know it was Cobb underneath, in action really gives me excitement and gives me hope that we'll see the real Boba and Mando fight together, or at least against one another in the same scene. Mando eventually thinks quickly and allows the Crate Dragon to swallow him when all hope is lost, including the Bantha that he's holding on a rope, which is loaded with a lot of bombs, only to use the tip of his Embin Phase Pulse Blaster to shock the crap out of the dragon, escaping as he flew out, and detonating the Bantha from within the stomach of the crate, killing it for good. As the Tuscans harvest the meat from the corpse of their victory, Mando takes a piece for himself and covers it up with Baby Yoda, collecting Boba's armor from Cobb, and we see the Tuscans collect the most rare thing on the planet, a refined pearl from the dragon. This makes me wonder if we're going to follow some legends, and Boba Fett is eventually going to have a lightsaber of his own using this pearl. The Mando and Cobb shake hands, and he takes off into the setting suns of Tatooine, where we see a mysterious man watching him from afar as he turns to the camera revealing who he really is. Boba Fett. Actor Tamura Morrison, the man who played Jango Fett himself in the prequels. Now, Boba is around 50 years old here, uh, something like 40 or 50, almost, and he's looking extremely beaten up. Scars and burnt skin line his face as we see him callously turn around and most likely get on his vehicle, dare I say, perhaps the Slave One, and meet up with Mando to retrieve what's rightfully his. So obviously he's been keeping tabs on everything that's been going on here. Maybe he knows that Cobb Vanth took his armor and he just let it slide because he's like, you know what? This way I'm completely under the radar. No one knows who I am. But as soon as I put the armor on, they know I'm Boba Fett. I'm part of the Empire and they might want to kill me or whatever. So he just flies under the radar and does his thing. Or he finally found his armor and, you know, after all the commotion of the Krayt Dragon and the Sand People and Cobb, and Mando fighting and killing it that he now has noticed where his armor really is. So what I'm thinking is the Mando will get all the knowledge that he needs from Boba and more to learn about Baby Yoda. Boba has been around since the prequels and he's seen the entire thing from the start. The clone facility on Kamino, Jango, the Jedi Order, the Separatists, Dooku, Anakin, Mace, Vader, Palpatine, Luke, all of them. He's the guy Mando can learn everything from. I cannot wait until the next episode. This one started off with an absolute bang, and I just am super excited. I can't really say it enough. I really want to see the next episode, so I hope you guys will join me for the next breakdown and the next watch party, of course, where we will be doing it at midnight Pacific Standard Time next Friday morning, and every Friday until Mando Season 2 is done, where we'll have to wait until Season 3, which has been confirmed. Hope you guys are stoked and pumped. Hope you had fun, and I will catch you in the next one. Until then, remember, the Force will be with you always.